two of the Gordie Howe hat trick. It's been a while since we had our last episode. Uh, we're still into the regular season yet. Uh, we still got a couple months to go. If, um, I think a month in a couple days. Uh, but yeah, I'm back with the Stemburgers here. Uh, how's everyone doing? It's good to be back. It's good to be back. That's all I have to say, man. It's been too long. I'm ready. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's been a long two months without hockey, so uh, we're just almost ready for the, the regular season here and just ready to jump back into it. Yeah, I, I'll admit that both Nate and I are struggling today. We had a wedding yesterday, so uh, me more so than Nate. But, uh, you know, you'll hear it in our voices that it's going to be a rough, rough one today. Decisions were made. Decisions were made. Dignity was lost. <laughs> Uh, dance moves were done. Uh, they, they was killing the dance floor. Uh, give or take. Um, you know, we just broke out the worm, and we bounced back. There you and go. Then, uh, the other, the other hand, uh, Nick Stemberger found his voice again after singing that his uh, he will carry on uh, to the Black Parade when he got to see My Chemical Romance. When was it? Last uh, one last week, right? Last week, yeah, last week, yeah, uh, last Tuesday. And man, they brought the house down at LCA. I mean, I haven't seen it packed at LCA um, by the Red Wings yet. I anticipate in a few years it will be, but that is what the Red Wings should aspire to pack the arena like, is how they did it. And it was nuts. What's your favorite? Yeah, uh, I got favorite? I got chills. I got chills. It was it was wild, man. It was wild. <laughs> I'm like, imagine that many red sweaters in one place at one time. Chills. Playoffs. Yeah, Joe Lewis days. That's what they used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was your favorite song? Oh, man. Um, they they did a great job with Teenagers. Um, Black Parade, I could tell they really just were like, okay, let's get through this and on to the next song. But um, I would say Teenagers, probably. Yeah. They had, they had everybody bopping with Teenagers. Yeah. Yeah, they're really making a comeback. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what was like the teenagers that you're scared, they'll live in, yeah, 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 yeah. That you got it, you got it, yeah, yeah. But everybody was was bouncing, everybody was bumping, the boys were buzzing. It was a, it was a time, it was time. Did people come back wearing their uh, so you know, back in middle school? I mean, uh, my chemical romance is during my middle school, people used to wear the uh, the arm sleeves and uh, you know, the goth chains. Do they bring those back, or is that everything? Out? Everything you can imagine, and I'm going to age myself here too. I mean, middle school for you is is you know just nothing. For me, it was high school. It was sophomore year high school when they really, I would argue, hit it big with um with Black Parade with that album, and um, it was just like walking into a high school again. Um, you know, the armbands, just black sh- black shirts, black pants hair of different colors and jet black everything and it was it was so odd because i you're not used to it you know you you think that phase is gone from your life or it's just a phase mom and then you like come into an arena of like 20,000 people and they're like it's not a phase it's not it's, a phase. <laughs> it's not a phase it's definitely here <laughs> even my chemical romance i feel like they took quite a few years off but they started to make some new music this past year, maybe in the last two years or so, which was they did, they did. They're bouncing back, and it's good to see that they're they're back. I mean this this tour has got to be draining on them, but mm-hmm. I think they've just about sold out every single show that they've you know done. 
So nice. it's crazy. People, the people want them back and they're back. That's, that's the bottom line. Awesome. Man. That's great. Uh, I got I to make my way up to one of those concerts soon. So, you know, Absolutely. I don't think I'll have time for that. <laughs> I got to say, like, you know, when the school starts, like, you know, how like uh, school just started for uh, all the, the youngins these days. School starts, you got college football back, which I'm not going to talk about right now. The NFL back, which <laughs> the Lions got a few minutes ago, the Lions got their first win of the season. So, hell yeah. Woo. Love it. Yep. Uh, you got, um, yep. so you got the NBA is going to be coming back soon until you can catch me on another podcast, Harvard group chat for just a little plug there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you got that coming back and we have hockey. So it's, uh, when I was younger, I used to hate the back to school season because you know, back to school, this is the best part of the year. Now as an adult, amen, amen. Throwing throwing that fall Michigan weather or that fall Midwest weather where it's just cool enough to where like you start doing bonfires, sign me up. Sign me up. Fun fact: I'm actually um, so I'm dating someone that uh, lives in Baltimore. Then uh, you know she's been in Illinois uh, her whole life mostly. She uh, we're gonna go to my first and her first, I think, apple orchard in October uh, to do apple picking in the whole Michigan. Uh, oh heck yeah. Oh, oh yeah! I've never done it. Yeah, and plus, like, you'll like, love it. A lot of uh, there's caramel apples and there's usually like donuts that Nick and I get too, like cinnamon donuts Yo. that are absolute fire. Yo, wear your uh, wear your red Red Wings gear around her and uh, establish dominance. That's that's my suggestion. That's that's how she knows you're serious. <laughs> Blackhawks are kind of kicking our asses the last. I mean, no, now we're, now we're pretty even, but like, you know, the last. I would the say last, even now, yeah. I'd say that we're above the, the Blackhawks after the the summer that they've had. To be honest, yeah, the off season has not been kind to Chicago. No, not been no. kind. So they're they're entering a pretty uh, invested rebuild, I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> based on all the trades that were placed. Yeah, yeah they're really they're really going full rebuild. Absolutely. So I guess but, there are two ways we can talk about the Blackhawks right now. We can start off by talking about, all right, are the players going to be the players at the end of at the end of the year, or how are they going to handle the new coach uh, Luke Richardson that joined the Blackhawks from? I don't even know where he came from. So I mean, Blackhawks are literally like they're just shooting <laughs> stuff at a dartboard, seeing if it sticks. Um, so at least in the coaching side, and all the players side, it's actually a pretty strategic rebuild. But on the coaching side, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the yeah, news absolutely. that I've been following from them, uh, they, they traded Doc uh, to Montreal, which was uh, a surprise. They gave up on their number three pick from like two or three years ago. Yep. Already didn't really get too much from uh, Montreal either. On but, draft day, right? Yeah, on uh, draft day. Um, and then they also shipped the Brinkett out to Ottawa, who is their assistant captain. Uh, very underrated, but, you know, still in the – um, really strong point of his career, which was quite surprising. They still have Kane and Taze who are aging core, getting 10 mil each a year. I know they've tried to shop Kane around, which um, they're trying to put him in a spot to win or um, give him a chance at a cup. I believe he has a no trade clause. So they are trying to accommodate that piece. But Chicago is definitely into that rebuilding stage right now. They got a lot of picks for Debrinkin and Doc. Um, can't remember. They picked a defenseman, maybe number seven, number eight overall. And uh, the feedback that they got from a lot of the 
uh, ESPN analysts or TSN analysts were he went a lot higher than, than he should have. I think he was more in the 20, 25 range, and they picked him at seven. So, so um, Kevin Korczynski? Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, exactly. So it's a little surprising that they're they're reaching like that. Um, you know, who knows? They could definitely prove us wrong here, but um, not just not the, not, uh, I guess, flip to a rebuild that I was totally expecting uh, for this year in particular. But yeah, Nick, what do you think on that? Um, well, I'm going to take it from a different aspect. I'm going to take it from the aspect of last season and the rebuild itself. Um, being from the Detroit metro area, we are known as Hockey Town, but we also are the city of rebuilds. Um, Tigers, Red Wings, Lions, I mean, you could argue Pistons even, have been rebuilding for some time. So we are we are the city of rebuilds right now, um, have been for some time across most of the sports. Um as far as Chicago, what really concerned me was when they shopped around, not this offseason, but last offseason, and they went after Flower. They went after Marc-Andre Fleury around that time. Um, that was what, what it looked like to me was they were trying to go make a last run with Marc-Andre Fleury. And they had skill. They had talent. Um, and it just kind of surprised me. Um, their record later in the season and they shipped flower off to Minnesota, I believe it was. And from there it was just like the wheels fell off and the implosion started then. Um, doc, as you were saying, Nate to left. And it was kind of like, well, why did you go after flower then? Why did you even, it was a very, very mixed signal. And that's not like Chicago, at least as of recent, probably in the last decade, Chicago is very firm. They know what they're doing. They have a goal in mind. They stick to it. And usually the team is centered around Kane and Taze, like you mentioned. Now, when they made that move, though, now that they've left Kane and Taze behind, it's like, okay, well, these are two aging superstars. You can see the league has clearly passed them by. It was a lot of um, shades of Ken Holland in his time at Detroit here, just kind of grasping at straws and like, okay, we can make one more run kind of very overly optimistic and it really blew me away that Chicago would make that mistake. Um, I don't think flower was the, or flurry was the right way to go necessarily. I think they could have made some runs um, had they had the right pieces in place. Um, But the frustrating thing for me was um, and almost like a, a Billy Madison voice, you blew it. You know, like you, you had all these pieces, you had all of these contracts and you ship them to Montreal and Ottawa. You have a younger, a group of, of guys who could be, you know, mentored by Kane and Taze and you just kind of threw them away and said it wasn't worth it to try, um, even though you invested in them for years. Um, that's just very uncharacteristic of Chicago for me as of recent. That's that was the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, adding on to the, um, you know, the flurry, we call it the, the flurry mistake. They also had, uh, they went for Seth Jones in that massive two blockbuster trade, and they gave up assets to the, uh, to the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like two first rounders or a first rounder, a second rounder, or something like that. But um, they gave up um, a couple assets to Seth Jones, and Seth Jones is not without. Um, they brought Seth Jones, Seth Jones' brother, over to uh, the Blackhawks. 
neither worked out and now they're rebuilding. I mean, yeah, you're right. They, they, they pulled it all, all together for one last trade. But the problem is, especially with hockey, is, you know, you need to have a first line that, you know, has played together. You need to have a second line that played together. You need to have defensive pairings that played together for a while. That's what made Duncan Keith and uh, I forget his partner, uh, what he did back in the day. Chalmerson? Yes, Chalmerson. Chalmerson, yes. Chalmerson back in the day, uh, number four. Uh, asshole. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they, they were really good during the, the glory days of the mid 2000s um, Blackhawks. You can't just threaten. You can't go from there to just. And they had uh, Joel Quenville, who was a great coach at that time. Uh, you can't go from that. Coach Q, absolutely. And then, um, you know, putting it, uh, you know, and going from that into a, I would call the Brooklyn Nets version of a, a hockey team where you can put all these stars together and see if they can uh, mesh. Uh, it was, uh, it, it did not work well at all. And I mean, even in the middle of the year, Flowers gone. Uh, the coaches fired. Uh, it was. I mean, there was also some, you know, some scandal rocking the Blackhawks there too, which we can right, get. right, uh, right. Uh, it, it was weird. I think, but everything uh, came together. Yeah, yeah. It all came. I think the bigger thing though is like, all right, if we look at the Blackhawks and their development of stars, the Blackhawks have had like they had Anthony Panarin, like what three, four years ago, and they just gave up on that. Uh, they go from, I mean, yes, like you said, the Ken Holland method, like they had all these pieces. If they just kept them, it could have been good. Uh, Kirby Doc has gone down too. I mean, we, it's, he's unproven, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a trend. Yeah. Leonard. Um, it, it's a trend of, you have all these stars or future stars. And what makes the Blackhawks different from what the Red Wings are doing is the Red Wings are keeping these stars struggling and then just like having them develop and play, which is how Larkin is pretty good now. Bertuzzi's pretty good now. Because, uh, you know, they took their bumps and bruises, whereas the Blackhawks, because they rely too much on the, on the health and the age of um, Taves and uh, Keith, I guess, until they retire. And um, I mean, Patrick Sharp's gone now. And then um, um, I said Taves and Kane already. Seabrook's um, gone. Seabrook's gone. Yeah. Oh, Seabrook was the one I was thinking of. Not it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Seabrook, Keith is gone. I mean, the problem with the Blackhawks too, and and sorry to jump in, but now you're seeing they had this, they had this core, they had this phenomenal D line, they had this core around Kane and Taze, and they're getting old. They're gone, you know. In a lot of cases, they shipped them off for these draft picks, and these draft picks they tried to hold on to, but they quote unquote didn't wait long enough, or they didn't turn out. And now you see Panarin doing wonders with the Rangers. Now you see Doc going off. Now you see um, DeBrinket leaving. And it's like, if if there was patience, if there was, like you said, Carno, um, kind of a method now where you let them build experience and build chemistry on these lines together. I mean, we could have been talking about a, a, a huge renaissance with the Blackhawks. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I agree. Like, um they, uh, they they made a mistake and kind of they, they Ken Holland it. We're going to make that a verb now. They're, they're Ken Holland. <laughs> that's, that's our yes. Right. We're making that a thing. Uh, podcast, Gordy uh, Hattrick podcast. Term number one to Ken Holland something to give to hold up on, on too long. Yeah, yeah. to hold, hold on, on too long. To invest too much money in aging superstars. I mean, yes. when you guys bring up Taze and Kane, I think of. When they won the cup in 2015, they signed those massive contracts. I think it was averaging 10 mil a year. And 
in any professional sports, it's always you get paid for what you've already done, not for what you're about to do. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is just, just epitomizes what happened with the Blackhawks after they won the cup is they just promised so much money to all these young stars that just fell apart in the years following. And then they actually had to uh, sacrifice their younger core, like to bring it, Doc, Panarin, um, try to go for Jones, didn't work out, but they sacrificed their youth to actually get some sort of trade assets and try to recover that. But um, they're in uh, no man's land, I'd say, for at least the next three, four years. And hopefully they can find a trading partner to get Kane, maybe one last hurrah at a cup. Four teams. Easily. Yeah. They are retiring close. Easily. I saw that. Wait, what? what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Hawks yes, are yes, the they are, they and are, and it's funny too because they're gonna the the joke in Detroit is that they're gonna rotate the banner because it's gonna do a tour in Pittsburgh, then a tour in Detroit, and then it's gonna be raised in Chicago. So <laughs> technically, if any team can ever raise the banner, it should be the center. I was gonna say, yeah. I, was, I was gonna ask you guys if you guys remember where Hosa was before Pittsburgh and Detroit, but it was on yeah, Ottawa was- with Danny All Star. And uh, Alfredson. Yep. It was Alfredson. Yep. Uh, and um, gosh, there were a couple more on there, but wow. What a yeah. Blast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Quickly say something on uh, the Blackhawks. I got to ask you guys a question here. Uh, let me, let me, so, you know, closing the, the loop on the Blackhawks a little bit is, um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about how the Holland is, is all up with, uh, you know, getting rid of, um, you know, all these own guns in, in, in the favor of stars. Now, in like, this past year, they had three first-round picks. They had Korchinski, the defender that Nate was just talking about, who, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because we did it with Cider. We overpicked on a, uh, a defenseman, and it turned out to be the, Cal- the future Calder um, Cal- Trophy winner. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. They also got Frank Nazar, who the Red Wings actually linked with for a while. Uh, very speedy uh, center. And then they had um, Sam Renzel. Who I don't know too much about, but um, they have they have three first round picks. We'll see how that goes. But I mean, Nate said you have four to five years uh, to figure out how the youth works out on the Blackhawks. I'm gonna give them that time. And they got a new coach. They got Luke Richardson as their coach. He came from the Canadians as an assistant. So I don't know too much about him, but that's all. Um, if, if, if these three players and um, their coach lasts the next three to four years. We might be talking about a, a rebuild that you know has some roots. But I'm going to give them that. I mean, is Scotty Bowman still the? Um, um, I think his you know, son. Oh, he's his yeah. Son his he, no, no. I think his son is the one doing. I don't think it's Scotty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he's still involved in the world, but I don't know if it's with the Blackhawks or not. I have to look that up. But he was part of the runs. Um, you know, during the 2015, during the, you know, the prime years of Taves, Kane, and Sharp. Uh, he was, sure. uh, he was there as a, the czar, but, you know, whoever, whoever's there now, hopefully they can, you know, they, they don't make too many rash mistakes. So I'm going to give them that. Although, you know, don't do too well because the Red Wings are better and I'd rather have them win, but, you know, do, do, do well enough. Let me ask you this. this. So, so in hockey, hockey, I think Nate raised up a good point. Hockey, after players have done so well, they get rewarded with super long contracts. I mean, we talked about Kane and Taves. They got $10 million a year for the next, what, seven, ten years. Um, and I've noticed a trend. In hockey, you have a lot of long-term contracts, a lot of seven-year, eight-year contracts. 
in other sports, uh, I'll start off with, uh, let's start with uh, basketball. Basketball moved from having these like four or five year contracts to two, three year contracts for superstars because it gives them the flexibility. Two things happen. One, it gives the players the flexibility to choose their teams and choose their stars later in case they want to you know, ring chase. And two, if they age out too fast, then it gives the teams an opportunity to rebuild really fast. However, the, 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 the detriment to that is the fan experience that like you can't root for LeBron James for to stay in Cleveland for however many years because he's going to be gone. Hockey's the opposite. You can root for, I mean, uh, I was thinking about the San Jose, um, San Jose Sharks. Is Eric Carlson still on that team? And he's been there for a few years. That team's in the guts right now. But he's stuck there. And, you know, he's a fan favorite. Or, uh, I guess, when Zetterman was here, which... Actually, I'm not going to use that one because he did fine with us. Taves and Kane, they're stuck in a team uh, because, you know, they signed this long-term contract. Yes, they're getting money. It's screwing the team. It's screwing them. But, you know, the fan of Chicago loves that these these two guys are saints in Chicago. There's going to be, like, saints, uh, Saint Taves Street anytime now. Um, So what do you prefer? Like, do you think the NHL is doing it the right way by giving these long-term contracts? Do you think there's like a happy medium that we can find between NHL and uh, NBA? Or how should how would a smart person, the smart GM, handle you know rewarding their superstars? Yeah, that's that's a good question. That's a loaded question right there, yeah. Well I feel feel like when I hear long contracts, I just think of contracts that haven't worked out. Like um, Nathan Horton, David Clarkson, uh, two guys that I think they were traded swap for long-term uh, injured reserve positions on the salary cap, but um, guys that signed like seven plus year contracts got concussions only made it maybe 40 games in or things like that. So I feel like um, for teams, they, they often do want to promise big contracts to players and they're, I find that the long contracts only penalize the teams, not so much the players. Um, you never really, find a player at a breakout season in their second year getting a 10-year, you know, $2 million a year contract or something like that. It's always big money being promised in those long-term deals, and then everybody else gets, like, a short end of the stick. And like I said, you're getting paid for the stats that you put up previously, not for what you're going to do. And a lot of times, it, it doesn't work out. Let me, let me, let me uh, challenge you on that a little bit, because you talked about how it's only hurting the team, not so much the players. Taves and Kane, I hate both of them, but I, I, can, I can acknowledge the fact that they both want to win. They really want to win. Mm-hmm. But they're stuck in a situation where Chicago, like, I don't think Chicago, like, you know, Chicago will do some trade options. They can look at it. But you can't have Taves and Kane demand a trade. You just can't because, you know, that's just going to ruin their, their reputation. Yeah. And I don't think Chicago is in any rush to move those people. So I would, I would argue that's hurting them. That's hurting kind of their, the last years of their legacy. I'll, I'll even say, like, Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg is the last year of their contract. I mean, the Red Wings were not going to win. We weren't going to win. We're, we're good, but we're, we're going to get a strong first-round showing, and that's about it. But we, we, we stopped them on, and Datsuk ended up leaving to go back to Russia mm-hmm. uh, to preserve his legacy, but also, you know, still ch- ring chase a little bit. Mm-hmm. Zetterberg, you know, he, he was the ultimate, uh, the ultimate Red Wing where he just took it and, you know, stayed with us to, through the end and through his back injury. Yeah. Um, like, Though, and they had long-term contracts, too. I think uh, they had, like, what, 10-year, eight-year contract? Franzen, too. Well, Franzen's a different situation, because that was his, his concussions and uh, 
Uh, yeah. I, I hate, I hate, I hate that fact. I do have to tell you, I did see the other day a Datsuk Phoenix Coyotes jersey, and it actually pissed me off <laughs> when I saw that. That is, that is something that would absolutely get under my skin. Yeah. But, um, to, to your point, so Taysen King, they do potentially want to leave Chicago. They've played their entire careers here, but they're also getting 10 million a year. So it's, it's almost like the Blackhawks would have to give up some assets on top of Kane and Taze to get them off the payroll. So um, that, that's sort of where I've extended it. It's sort of, where, you know, it's sort of like a sunk cost where, um, yeah, it'll sell jerseys and sell tickets to, to keep them playing, but they're, they're not going to win as many games. So they're paying them a, a buttload of money in order to keep them on the roster, but also they got to uh, even – get rid of more assets to get them off the roster. So it's, it's like they're in this like sunken place where it's, it's hard to get them off. But to your point, Kane and Taze, if they really want a cup chase, the Chicago's going to have to retain some sort of salary or, or something like that. I mean, when Kane and Taze signed these contracts, you know, maybe they thought that they were going to be competing for 10 years, but, um, you know, near the end of that contract, sometimes when you sign these long contracts, they're front loaded, yeah. and then the buyouts at the end and, and, um, get reduced in order to make it a little bit easier for the team to get rid of them. Maybe that's a way that the team can actually um, get rid of some of these long term contracts because uh, in football, you know, people get guarantees. Yep. In NHL, there's no real such thing as, as a guarantee per se. I mean, you can be bought out at any time. You just have to pay your AAV out, right? Yeah, pay your AAV. They, they sort of amortize it yep. um, somehow. I know I know a few buyouts from the last couple of years are still paying through 2030, like it, depending on the size of the contract and location. Mike Richards, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Nick, I'm going to ask you this. Let's put your GM here. So, like, we talk about this, like, all right, we've seen the mistakes of um, – We've seen the mistakes of Chicago. We've seen the mistakes of other teams. Um, you know, San Jose, I'm going to use as an example. Tampa Bay as an example, too. Oh, Tampa Bay manages it pretty well because uh, of LTIR, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, mm. uh, Nick, we have, we have on our, our beloved Red Wings, we have two players that are uh, signed to the end of the year and are both up for pretty big, big contracts. Theoretically. Uh, they are Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Market. Both players. I mean, Dylan Larkin, yes, mm-hmm. he's our captain. He's an all-star in one year. He's our captain. He's an all-star. Year. Tyler Bertuzzi was an mm-hmm. all-star one year. Mm-hmm. His last year. Um, but, and not, mm-hmm. but he's not a captain. Okay. I'm not even thinking it. But he's not a captain. Um, both are up for extension. They're probably two of our best players on the team. What do we do with them? Do we give them the long-term contract? How do we... What should we do with these players? Because, you know, we, we have to also manage the fact that we're going to have a bunch of prospects coming in. Calder, or sorry, Cider. I'm basically calling Calder because he won it. Uh, Cider is going to have a long, uh, need a long term deal. That guy's going to be the future. Raymond's going to need mm-hmm. a long term deal sometime soon. So, so all right. Uh, uh, tell me what GM Stemberg would do. Well, first things first, Jarno. I I have to say, Nate, check your phone. I think Kyle Davidson of uh, the Blackhawks is calling you. He wants a he wants a cult consultation. Um, he wants to figure out what to do with Kane and Taze and their salaries. Uh, and I think you nailed it on the head. Um, Carno, to answer your question, um, ah, man, 
I think this goes back a little bit to the Blackhawks in, in what we were talking about a little earlier. So with the Blackhawks, they gave up, I would say, um, as far as waiting a little too soon and didn't let their talent develop. So now you're shipping off leadership and leadership's retiring. And now you're left with two leaders in the locker room and you just let go all of your talent, like young talent, upcoming talent, or at least some of it. So I would argue that Larkin stays. Um, and this is solely from the standpoint of leadership because he's got the C. You can't get rid of that. I mean, that's not something in the Red Wings clubhouse that they throw around lightly. I mean, they waited years to announce a captaincy and it was Larkin and it was a Michigan native and it was such a big deal. Everyone made a huge deal out of it with Bertuzzi. To me, it's just a little more expendable to be an assistant. It's a little more expendable. And the fact that he's played a little bit with Larkin, but he hasn't, he hasn't got the clout. He hasn't got the Red Wings fan base as much, I would argue, as Larkin does because he's homegrown, because he's a Michigan guy. And that means also that, like Nate was saying, you're not awarded on your future. You're awarded on your past for your contracts. What Bertuzzi's been performing in the past, and now he's an all-star or a former all-star, I mean, they can ship him off as a critical piece to a potential cup run team. I mean, the Rangers comes to mind right away. I mean, he may not have a place necessarily, but he he will be a huge asset, a huge weapon to a team like that to go deep in the playoffs and possibly win it all. Well, well, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the one thing that I mean, the dark host of Bertuzzi, I think this might be a bad example because uh, Bertuzzi is not vaccinated and therefore can't play Canada. So any right. playoff run through Canada these days, uh, which is thank, thank God, Canadian teams are making right. I say they haven't won the cup since like the nineties. They haven't, but they 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 haven't in the place. Like if you're going to be in a seven game series, you're going to have to play a Calgary. You're going to have to play that. You're going to have to play a, a Toronto, even though they they're always going to lose. But you know you're going to have to play them. Uh, and then you, you know even Montreal is you know starting to make a little comeback. So you're going to have to play in Montreal. Um, um, and I mean, the two years ago Montreal was in the final. The final two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the final. Yep. Um, so, you know, you know, Bertuzzi can't go to – he has to go to the Western Conference, basically. He's going to play. Uh, he can't be in uh, that division, uh, which is why, like, all right, people won't have him. Well, it's uh, even debatable to go to the West, too, because you've got Calgary, you've got Edmonton. I mean, Vancouver's up and coming. There are teams, I mean, even Winnipeg for quite some time that could contend. So you, it might be more intense to go through Montreal, Toronto, even Ottawa this season is, is capable. But I mean, the past few seasons, it's, it's the West too, you've got to consider. So wherever he goes, it's, you know, you're caught holding the bag. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Bertuzzi's going to get traded to the East Coast. And, and the reason I say that is because they're trying to counter some of the, the teams that just have a, a big... Um, Aggressive forward up front, like you think Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, you got two to Chucks, one in Ottawa, one in Florida. Like those are, you know, four teams in the Eastern Conference that you're going to have to play, you know, every other week on average to 
<laughs> have to compete with, take some blindside hits and stuff. You need somebody to be gritty, getting under people's skins to counteract that. And um, like Carno said, he brought up a good point. I don't think they can trade Bertuzzi to Canada. His trade value is probably going to come down as well because he can't play there too. So mm-hmm. um, that being said, I mean, the West Coast, not to say that it's not as a, aggressive up front, um, I, I just I'm not sure if I see Bertuzzi out in the in the West Coast. So yeah. before we before we actually move on too much to talking about the Rangers, Rangers, Carno and Nate, um, Carno, the man to your left right now has not known a Canadian Stanley Cup winner, or his his right. Sorry, I'm looking at it and it's the other side. So Nate <laughs> has not has not known a Stanley Cup winner from the country of Canada. And the Rangers have not won in your lifetime either because you were three weeks after the Rangers had won. Mm-hmm. So they are they are chomping at the bit to get this Stanley Cup. And if they want a weapon, they will go out and spend money because they're New York. Mm-hmm. Because they're New York and they have the cap space. Like, well, they have money to burn. Their owner is, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, he's the, the owner of the Knicks, too. Uh, what's his name? He is a terrible owner. Is he the guy that always gets uh, Are you yeah. dragged online? Yeah. Um, James oh, you're Dolan. thinking of Dolan. Yeah, you're thinking of Dolan. Yeah, he owns the Rangers, too. And Dolan is known for being a terrible, terrible, terrible owner. Like, he'll take care of the facilities and everything, but he is a terrible owner. Uh, I mean, even the Rangers, I mean, they're good, but I wouldn't put that on Dolan. Um, he is a terrible right. owner. So, I don't think he's going to spend on Bertuzzi. I think he's going to spend on, you know, someone that has a little more like name value that he can just destroy their careers. Um, <laughs> name here. Uh, but actually, I was going. Let me go back to uh, something with um, the Red Wings. So you mentioned like, are right, we going to sign Larkin for a long time? Bertuzzi mm-hmm. has trade value, although it's maybe not as high as. That's a problem for Bertuzzi. Is his trade value is not, doesn't match his playing value because he's actually. He's actually for better or worse, an important cog of our team mm-hmm. uh, when he plays. He's a great – I mean, he's probably going to be on the second line this year. For the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a great second-line winger, physical guy, but he can, you know, he can poach some goals. Um, mm-hmm. So he his playing value is actually pretty high for the wings. The trade value is not. Larkin, uh, okay, so we're going to sign him, but we're going to sign him for that long-term thing because, all right, yes, Larkin's good, but in the grand scheme of the NHL, I wouldn't consider Larkin a top 20 player. Yeah, I wouldn't put him a top 20 player. No, I so, agree. I I agree, but I think it's the leadership. I think it's the leadership that he really brings to the locker room that makes the difference. That's true, um, but I mean... And you can't really, you can't put a price tag on that, so... I would argue that you can can't put a price tag because, you know, leadership can do, you put him on the team, all right, you have um, cost of a replacement now, right? So you can say, like, all right, if Larkin's playing, okay. what is the, the plus minus? If he's out, what's the plus minus? And I can see it. Well, I, okay. I feel like Bertuzzi right also does, like, the intangibles pretty well. Like, he finishes his hit. Um, you know, I, I feel like he goes to the net. He plays every shift like it's his last. So I, I feel like... Those are things that don't show up on the stat sheet, but like you said, Nick, it riles up a team and it gets them moving. Um, I think another item that will add value if if the Red Wings do move on from Bertuzzi is Eisenman is just phenomenal at um, signing contracts for players. 
So potentially where they could get some value out of Bertuzzi is they could sign him to a cheap contract over four years or something like that and um, be very team-friendly deal. And then when they're trading, might generate some more assets to get back. Absolutely. No, great point. And it's like we were talking about with contracts earlier. You can offer too much money and screw your team. You can offer not enough money and another team can poach or you can try and you know use them as a chip to trade later. Um, you can offer them too few years on a contract or too many and screw your team over. I mean, so being a general manager in the NHL has got to be very daunting. And Steve Eiserman is among the best. I mean, if he's not number one, he's top three easy. Um, and and we were talking about the Rangers there for a minute, Carno. I know Dolan is is definitely not the guy pushing buttons and pulling levers behind the scenes. That team belongs to Chris Drury, their general manager. I mean, he is he is he is he is built such a team. Joe Sackick in Colorado needs no introduction. He has built such a team in Denver. I mean, these are these are owners who I would argue for the most part are are very standoffish. Like they they just don't, you know, care as long as the team's winning. They're like, whatever, you're bringing me money. But these general managers are legends. In, in most cases, players of the game and they know hockey. They, they have an innate sense for hockey and contracts and they carry that, that gravitas with them to not intimidate players to sign these contracts, but to kind of lure them into places they wouldn't consider, um, you know, maybe before um, or maybe do deals, you know, they, they wouldn't usually do with other general managers because of the clout they have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of the some of the contracts I'm looking I'm looking on, I mean, think about some of the players like Kane and Taze who are kind of getting older, but I mean, worse contracts than that. Like I remember back when Le Cavalier was on his way out with the Lightning and they signed him for 85 85 mil 11 years. He was a fan favorite, never wanted to leave Tampa. And they just signed him to that. They're still paying yeah. him until 2027. Like, right. that's insane to me. Petro, that's yeah. like, number one pick out of the Islanders, too. Like, Depe- yep, DePatrio. Um, Luongo, Lou, was a big one, too. He's getting inducted this year. And he signed a he signed a 12-year, $64 million with Vancouver in 2009. And that was, I want to say that was right around the time that they had played Boston and lost in the final in that heartbreaker. Um, but I mean, right, right. But I mean, that's the kind of thing is like, you have these fan favorites, but the GMs don't, don't look at things like forward, you know, in the future, they look post, they look what's already happened and, oh, you've won a cup with us or, oh, you can make a deep run with us. So we've got to secure you for 12 years. That person might be 29, but in 12 years, they're going to be pushing, you know, a little past 40. They're not going to be in the league you know, necessarily, I mean, injuries pile up, things happen, lockouts even. Um, and I mean, people get very complacent. They don't perform as easily. Um, so I would say for me, and I'm not a GM by any means, I'm not even close on that ladder. Um, I would say maybe your sweet spot is anywhere between like three to maybe five or six years. Um, but money wise, I couldn't put a price tag. It's, it certainly depends on the player there, but if you want to build a team, it's you really got to be careful with your contracts. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, these days, like back in the good old days, I mean, players could play up to 38 and 40 and still be good players. Sure. Now, like, you're getting 35 or pushing it. Sure. So. And then you and then you get like the outlier known as Mr. Hockey and, and goes like four or five decades, right? I wow. mean you, you just you yeah. just never can tell. You just never can tell, yeah. Uh, we have a we have a special guest that has his opinions on hockey right now, so he's uh currently uh my dog Hobbs is uh bothering Nate for uh, what he believes uh you know what he believes on his hockey contracts and uh, explaining long term why I are to him. Yeah, you, you heard us talk about the Blackhawks, and they came over here and yeah. said hi. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that is actually, um, you know, that, that is some good discussion on the future of how contracting is going to work. I mean, I'm sure, like, yes, you mentioned that three, you have three great GMs in Drury, um, Sackick, Eisenman, three great former players. Well, two great former players in Sackick. You can argue three with Jury, I suppose. You could argue three. He was on Colorado when they were, you know, contentious with Detroit. Yeah. Uh, but then, wasn't he on? Um, he was on Rangers. Yeah. He was on. He was on to, um, Colorado, and I believe he was with Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. I'd have I'd have to look that up. But he was he he traveled a little bit. But I mean, he was there for the important runs. I'll I'll leave it at that. But like I'm sure they're like part of these three great players. I'm sure they have like you know in Moneyball there was a Billy Bean that has his money guy. I guarantee, one day there's gonna be like a, a, a movie on this like the the Moneyball people that are like eight. Like, I, I, I guarantee you, Eisen has no idea how to arrange the monetary pieces. I mean, yes, he has an idea of like how they should look. I guarantee yeah. the money guy. So I need to figure out who these money guys are and ask him if I can get a job there. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like Eisenman's kind of like Alan from The Hangover, just doing like calculations in his head on the fly and just like sitting at the card table, you know, and making these deals. So he's, he's, he's smart, but I, I feel like he's not looking at metrics. He just, he just knows. He just has this innate sense, you know? Yeah, it'll be exciting to see where, where this sort of, sort of yeah. ends up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we got, we got the hockey season coming up. We're going to see how the Saka can repeat, how the, uh, how the Rangers are going to do. And, uh, you know, when the Red Wings are going to end up, because I, I said this in the last podcast, I'm going to say this again. Every year, Colorado wins a couple of Red Wings wins the next year. So I'm still counting it, even though we're, we're, we're yeah, I think it's plus 5,500 5, odds right now to win. Ooh. Together. Yeah, that's I'll deep. I'll take those, take those odds any day. <laughs> that's good odds. All right. But, um, you know, one thing we're going to do with this podcast uh, is we're going to wrap it up with a little game we're going to play, uh, which. Uh, Nick is affectionately calling Carno's. Uh, what did you say, Carno's? Carno's, Car- Carno's challenge. It's challenge Carno's with a K, challenge. with a K. Yeah, so the KHL challenge. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll just call it a pick'em. Uh, but the, the rules of pick'em are: we have five games that we're going to select. Uh, five random games that are going to happen between this podcast episode and the next episode, and all three of us are going to choose our winners. We're not going to choose our winners, but also the correct score of that game. If we get the correct score and we choose the winner correctly, we get three points for that game. If we choose the correct team to win, but not the correct score, we only get one point. If you get everything wrong, you get zero. At the end of the season, the rules are the winner of the challenge 
Get an authentic jersey of their choice from any team in the NHL, including historical players, as long as you can find that NHL team, that the losing two candidates have to split the cost for it. The only stipulation is you can't make any custom. So we can't have two Stemberger jerseys or the inevitable Sarkar jersey. There it is. <laughs> um, but um, that's a tough are, one. That's a yeah. tough one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is the rules of the game. I'm going to ask before you even get this challenge started. Starting today, if you had to pick a jersey, who would it be? So I'm going to go with Nick. Oh God. Um, I'm torn between two. If I if I get the option, I got two. So number one for me is Konstantinov. Um, uh, I mean, just a legend in his own right, gone too soon, you know, from, from his career. Um, number two is the, the underrated, probably most beloved Red Wing outside of anyone being named Howe or Iserman is Darren McCarty. Saw that coming. I saw that coming. Yeah, we all need that one. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of telegraph that. Right. Um, that big, big man crush on, on DMAC. Big man crush. Yeah, he's, Anyone he's knew. a bro. If anyone follows Nick on Instagram or, you know, knows Nick personally, you'll know. Nick had, we're not going to share the story on, on podcast right now, but you can ask Nick Stenberger about his Darren McCarty story about how he waited in line and got a, uh, was that a signed jersey from Darren? It, it, it was a, a signed photo from Darren McCarty oh. and, a, and a photo with him. Yep. So, yep. Uh, if you meet him on the uh, streets, uh, buy Nick a drink and he'll tell you the story. Um, Would love to. Why don't you go next, and I'll go last. All right. So I'm yeah, because I'm a diehard Red Wings fan. My my first choice would be a Lucas Raymond's jersey because that's going to be the next big thing in Detroit. So, but you know, acknowledging hockey history, one of the greatest jerseys, and I think still the greatest jersey ever created in the NHL, is the Mighty Ducks. You know, cartoon duck jersey. Ah, uh, yes, the Disney and Duck. I, yep. I would love. I would love if they still have these. Either a Shagir or Paul oh. Korea, um, Mighty Ducks in that classic Mighty Ducks. Uh, I mean, solid. I mentioned this last time. Like the Shagir, the Stanley Cup final, I think, of 2004, which was 2003 or 2004? 2003. 2003, yeah. It was uh, Devil's Ducks. It is one of the greatest Stanley Cups I've ever seen. So, um, Agreed. I rooted for the losing team because, you know, that's the team that beats the, the Red Wings. So, you know, you, you like losing to the champs. Uh, the Devils won that, but, um, you know, Jagir was... But what a series. What a playoffs. Absolutely. All right, Nate. Um, I do have to confirm. Absolutely. So when you say the old school Ducks jersey, you mean the one where uh, they were in Mighty Ducks? Right? Yes. Like they had, like, the Duck mask type of thing. Yes. Yes. I think every team has like yes. those jerseys that come out every year that they wear for like one game, and the Ducks have a weird one where it's like a duck coming out of a, like a pond or something. Yeah, so out of the ice, yeah, out of the ice, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, so I already have. I got a cider jersey for my wife and that uh, suit jersey. I mentioned that has one with Stemberger on the back. So um, I don't think I was going to get a, a Red Wings jersey. So what I would be between is uh, I really like McDavid. So I like the uh, navy blue uh, meteor-looking uh, jerseys with McDavid on the back. That would be one of the ones I'd be interested in right now. 
another one would be Zegris uh, on Anaheim with the logo that you were describing, Carno, with the the duck mask. Um, I think that would. I think he's going to be up and coming. Um, uh, he was pretty close with Cider and the, the Calder. Obviously, I knew Cider was going to win, but uh, Zegris did have a fantastic season, so I think he's going to be here for years to come. So I think those are the two that I'm, I'm sort of looking at because um, I don't really have any jerseys outside Red Wings jerseys. So you don't need any jerseys. Yeah, and notice I did not say any black. You don't need any, yeah. Uh, so you don't need any, yeah. Going out the box here. Oh, wait, didn't you have a USA? No, you didn't. That was Adam. That had a USA jersey. Uh, I guess I had a USA jersey with no, nothing. On oh, okay, yeah, you have one too. So um, you did have one. I guess I have a Canadian jersey. I have uh, well, the Canadian has a national. The Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a PK Subban national, uh, uh, Canadian national team jersey. Mm-hmm. Two things I got to know. One, let's all congratulate Nate. Last time, uh, last time we talked, he was a single man. But now he is, uh, well, not single, but you know, tax benefits wise, single man. <laughs> I, I'm a changed man, and yeah. my wife got me a cider jersey, like I mentioned, as a birthday slash wedding gift, uh, which I have yet to rock, but I will be taking. With me to the Blackhawks Wings game here in about three four weeks. So yes, he won the ultimate ship. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yep, yes. won the ultimate ship. Yep, and also we got to give props to Nick for being the best best man that Nate could ever have. Yeah. Hey, hey, I I had a good crew of groomsmen too. I was very lucky, Carno. I was very lucky to count you among them. And now that I said all that, I just forgot I was about to roast Nate for in the second. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that yeah <laughs> the game yes let's yes. talk about the game so the five I'll, I'll start with the first game um it is the first game of the season it will be the runners up of the Stanley Cup final last the Tampa Bay Lightning going to the New York Rangers Nick's apparently uh very um you know very beloved New York Rangers right now uh, Only because of Margot Robbie, not Chris Drury. It's a Margot Robbie thing. It's okay. <laughs> she is. Yes, she's very much a fan. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing with the Rangers. I'm always a fan of the... the uh... Oh, I remember what I was going to roast Nate on, too. Uh, so I'm going to get back to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Rangers are like... like in, in baseball, like, there's the Mets and the Yankees. And, like, every team, every player, every person in New York likes the Yankees for those diehard, you know, the, the people that feel run down, they're like the Mets. Same thing with the Highlanders and the Rangers. Yes, the Rangers are the city team, the Highlanders are the team of Long Island. But, heck, I got to love that that Long Island team. So, I hate the Rangers. <laughs> the That's so, fair. That's um, fair. But going back to Nate, yeah, Nate chose two, uh, two jerseys. He was not rubbing jerseys. Nate Stember is the equivalent of a LeBron James fan when it comes to uh, hockey. That's like, an accusation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> LeBron James fans, they'll buy like the Cavaliers, the Miami Heats. Like they'll just follow a player around. Nate Stemberger does that with the Connor McDavid's. He is yeah. a diehard fan of a player, no loyalty to the team. Well, As he sits Yager, here with Yager, Yager jerseys unite right there. I yeah, because Connor was going to roast because I'm wearing the old school Coyotes. Uh, I think it's the Katana. I, I think it's what the the native the Native American. Yeah, the Native American logo. Yeah. Um, sidebar: Coyotes are in turmoil because they're playing in a stadium of three thousand or five thousand people, which is a whole another ballgame. Not but, in their own stadium. That being said, college college arena that they're renting. Yeah. When we were growing up, 
uh, we had the Whalers in our hometown, and McDavid played a few times, I believe, uh, at Compuware Arena near us. And I just remember, like, his first or second season, he was putting up, like, 100 points in 50, 60 games. And I was like, this guy is going to be something special. And to this day, I mean, everyone knew he was a generational type of talent, but uh, got to root for the guy because he's stuck with Ken Holland in Edmonton and they just can't get it done out of the first or second round. So um, he's a superstar with Trey Seidel, but um, got to feel bad for the guy because he's like 24 and is put up just a whole bunch of numbers. So. See, Nate does that. He goes to Comedy Warrior Arena, sees him with David, and he's like, all right, I'm going to root for the player. He's not playing for the Whalers, by the way. Done. Like, yep. Okay, uh, is it Sarnia or Ontario? Uh, Erie. Erie, Erie yeah. Yeah, Erie. I'll, I'll give a, a, another history lesson. So in 2003, I went to a preseason game. This is basketball. I went to a preseason basketball game. Detroit versus Cleveland Cavaliers. A, a young guy named LeBron James was playing his first preseason game. You sound like LeBron. Uh, and well, let, me <laughs> let me get to this. From that day on, yeah, LeBron had numbers. And I decided to hate LeBron for forever and ever. And I, I am one of the biggest LeBron haters of all time. Uh, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, it's very well known, and you can again plug me a plug on the second podcast. Very much how much I hate the player because he's the rival of the team I love, and he put numbers against the team I love. Mm-hmm. So as one does, me and as Nate one does. Are, 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 we're both very passionate fans of teams. I'll give Nate credit; he's a very good fan of the sport. But he supports the players. I support my teams. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So if McDavid gets straight from the Oilers, I'm not going to be like. You know, I'm still... I'm Follow him around, yeah. I'm yeah. following David. You know, I yeah. know he's sport and stuff, but um, I wouldn't say he has the best record off the ice, but on the ice, he's a fantastic player for yeah. the age and, you know, the talent that he does have around him. I'm sure that his, mm-hmm. uh, his new girl would agree. With you. Yeah, his new girl, old girl, yeah. <laughs> side girl. Side girl, <laughs> All yeah. Of yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. All right, going back to... Uh, our pick them though. So the first game is Tampa Bay versus New York Rangers. At New York. At New York. First game of the season. Uh, a couple of nights of this game. Uh, you know, this is uh, a uh, Tampa Bay team that's coming off a couple of players on LTIR. Uh, a little a, a different squad. I think they lost a lot. So uh, it's going to be a slightly different squad. It's going to be their first game playing it. So, you know, the chemistry and the synergy may not be there. But it's also Tampa Bay. You saw what they did to Detroit their first game of the season last year where, you know, Nick was at that game and thought the Red Wings were going to have a guaranteed win. And what happened? It did not happen. <laughs> it did not happen, Cotton. It did not happen. So uh, with that being said, Nick, I will give you the first pick of the pick How kind of you. How kind of you. I, I survived that roast somehow, that burn. Um, God, this is hard because Shesterkin and... Vasilevsky really played their hearts out last Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think the I think the Rangers are getting there. I think Tampa's kind of on the downswing of their dynasty, if you want to call it that. Um, I would argue since it's Madison Square Garden, it's going to be a tight game. Tampa's on the road. Um, I'm going to go with looking back at, at the Eastern Conference Finals and how good that was. I'm going to give it to the Rangers 3-2. Three two Rangers. Three two Rangers. Yep. Now is this before or after the third period when you decide to stop watching the game? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, right before as, as I'm um, biting my nails down to the nub uh, with seconds seconds left as uh, Tampa's pushing up the ice. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Nate, I will have you go next. I, I'm going to say Rangers as well. Um, and the reason is, you know, they got Truba now, who's their, their captain. Uh, I think they're going to come out angry after losing in the conference finals to Tampa. Tampa always starts out really slow. Like Nick said, the first game of the year, they lost, or they, they beat the Wings, but they were down 6-2 at one point, stormed back. Got a lot of people on long-term IR because they're really leveraging that. So I'm going to say Rangers, uh, we'll say 4-2. All right. I will, you know, I want to be the guy that goes to Tampa Bay. I really do. But that right now, I'm just due to despite you guys. So I'm not going to be that idiot. Uh, I will also go with the Rangers. I think, um, uh, you know, alluding to all the points of, you know, it's a, it's a revenge game for the conference finals. Um, and it, it's a team that has a little bit more uh, chemistry than the revamped Tampa Bay team, even though Tampa Bay has been there for a while. And Vasilevsky takes time. Like, if you notice, like, in game one of every single playoff series um, that Vasilevsky had, he had an awful game. See the entry. So I'm going to give it to the Rangers. I'm going to say four one, four one. And I would not be insulted if you chose one of our scores too. I, I, I was about to do four two. By no means, yeah. By no means. I was going to do four one Rangers, and I will do a reversed. Um, so I'll, I'll kick off the next one, and then Nick, and then me. Yep, yep. We'll just do a little, uh, we'll do a little serpentine method, a little rob, round robin. Okay, okay. So the game following that, this is again a kickoff uh, day, or I guess puck drop day. I guess we can call it that. Uh, so the second game is the Las Vegas Golden Knights versus the Los Angeles Kings on October 11th. It's the game following the Rangers Tampa Bay game. This is going to be in LA in uh, in the Kings Arena. Uh, where are they play on Staples? Right? No, Staples is no longer called Staples Center. It's called the Crypto Arena. Crypto Arena, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So Vegas versus LA Kings at Crypto Arena. I will kick off, and I'm gonna say the Kings are gonna blow off Vegas because I think Vegas is a shell of what they used to be. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna even. No, I'm not gonna say a shell because mm, that's tough. I, 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 I used to have a lot of faith in Vegas. I used to have tons of faith in them. They've disappointed me every single time. Uh, I know they have Jack Eichel now, and you know, however long his back holds up, they'll have him. So I guess he'll be 100% the first game, hopefully. But I'm going to say LA Kings, LA King Young Guns. Who is that, um, the guy they got last year? Is it? Um, Byfield. Byfield, yeah. Turcotte, too. Yeah, and then two years ago, they got another guy. Turcotte, uh, Valiardi. Yep, yep. And th- these guys are just going to, I think Byfield will probably be, he started playing a little bit last year, too. I think he's going to be in the rotation finally. Um, so I'm going to go 3-1 LA Kings. Nick? Wow. Um, no, no, I agree with all your points there. I mean, I would even argue Vegas is Vegas is not even close to what they were when they first kicked off their franchise in the NHL and it is disheartening to see how far they have fallen and how fast Um, with all that's been done and said, I mean, they missed the playoffs last year. I think they're on the downswing and they're going to retool for some time. I think LA is up and coming again after 
a cup win, probably mid 2010s. I would say that LA is going to take this one as well. And I'll venture to say it's going to be four to two LA. I'm even going to do one more as I'm going to say Matt Roy is going to get an apple on that, that first game. A little shout out there for Matt. If you're hearing, if you're listening, Matt. Uh, I'm also going to say Kings. Um, they picked up Fiala. I know they're getting a little bit older with Kopitar front. Um, I forgot Kopitar still playing. Yeah, Kopitar is still playing, <laughs> but they do have a lot of young young guys yep. that are up front. That uh, I, I think that they you could make the playoffs last year. They just squeaked in, but Vegas is just sort of free falling. They um, trade away Pacioretty. They have Peter Angelo and Theodore on the point, but Laner was out most of the year. Didn't really have strong goaltending and um, just been falling apart. So I'm actually going to say this. It's going to be kind of a blowout. I'm saying 5-1 Kings. I like that score. I actually really like that score. Mm-hmm. All right, Nate, I'll have you kick off the next game, which is going to be October 13th. It will be the first Matthew Chuck game for the Florida the Panthers. Yeah, I'm against. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't even need to. Uh oh. Against uh-oh. Uh, New York Islanders, uh-oh. the team that I was talking about. Uh, you know, uh, the game's gonna be on. Is it gonna be in Nassau or is it gonna be at the Barclays Center? I don't know. I think they have a new arena. Yeah, Nassau, right? Yeah. Nassau arena. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be Florida versus uh, the Islanders. Okay. Um, so Florida did have a lot of. Um, Trades that were placed. Uh, we didn't cover the Huberto to Chuck trade, but Florida did trade away quite a few assets to bring in to Chuck, and um, they just fell short last year. They were awesome during the regular season, just couldn't put it together in the playoffs. I know Eckblad in particular was uh, reported by um, a reporter saying that he was pretty disappointed with some of the trades that were placed. So I think it's It'll take some time for them to come together, but that being said, I think the Islanders just um, aren't, aren't too strong of a team right now. They've been in a lot of um, – they've been in the base in the last two years after making a run in the playoffs. So, so I'm going to say Panthers uh, might be a little bit closer than what what people may think. So I'm going to say uh, 3-1. 3-1 uh, Panthers. 3-1 Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quick, uh, quick up! I did not know that Eastern Michigan beat uh, Arizona State in football. They did. Fun fact: They did. They went into Tempe and they uh, they ran through a wall, man. Did Michigan State lose Arizona? Don't mention that. Just can we just not talk about what Washington State, Washington, or Washington? That Washington State. We lost Arizona State two years ago. Unfortunate. Just going back to this. I guess I should go second because yeah, yeah. After you. I will go. So, yes, I mean, uh, the Islanders are replacing Barry Trotz, Sierra. They're both getting new coaches. I think Paul Maurice is on Florida. Uh, Lane Lambert. I forget Lane Lambert, yes, it's right there, uh, is for the Islanders. But Lane Lambert's intern is an internal hire. Paul Maurice is coming from, I believe, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yes. Yes. So, I'm going to say this. I'm a believer in chemistry. I believe that, uh, you know, and the home team, New Arena. I'm going to say Islanders are going to win that game, uh, but it's going to be a it's going to be a three two blood feud. Mm. Okay, Ooh. first upset. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. 
no, that's that's a good point. You both make great points. Um, I think the difference here is that Florida was such a high-powered offense last season that they're going to continue this season. Um, they still have, I would argue, most of the key tools in place to continue that. Um, my concern is Paul Maurice's coach and how he's going to come up with a strategy on offense and defense for the Panthers. Um, I know we made a couple playoff runs with Winnipeg, but it's going to be interesting to see how he meshes with the system there um, and what they're familiar with. I'm going to say since it's, it's in New York Islanders barn too, they're, they're very good in their own barn. They're very gritty and scrappy. Um, but Florida's just too good. I'm going to say five, one Florida. Okay. This is going to be an interesting yeah. one. So we, yeah. we pick an upset as the, uh, two pretty lopsided Florida scores. I mean, three, one, I can call it like, you know, uh, you know, the last minute, uh, empty netter, but five, one, that's a very bold prediction for a Florida team. That is very, very good. Uh, although Huberdeau's gone, I, I, I think we give. I think Huberdeau might be one of the most disrespected players in the NHL. Actually, like, absolutely. Everyone was talking about Chuck to Chuck to Chuck. Huberdeau, I think, was a better player in that trade. I, I think Huberdeau was the best player in that trade. Uh, so I feel like they gave away player. quite a bit. They did. Former number three pick too. I mean, the fact that Florida even had to package him with Uyghur, who is their. Um, top pairing defenseman, yep. another prospect, and I believe a pick that they sent. Um, just for Chuck. And way too, Huber way too much. Huber had yeah. more points than Chuck. Yeah. So, just so. way too much given up. Absolutely. So, I'm, I still don't understand that trade. It's still, we, we should <laughs> talk about that during the next episode. That trade still baffles me. That's that's going to haunt them. That's going to haunt them, I feel. Yeah. Chuck's a great player, but I think Calgary definitely Huber's got more so good. Yeah. Speaking of Calgary, uh, the next next team uh, we're going to be talking about is the defending champs, Colorado Avalanche, with their new goalkeeper, um, Saint Georgeoff. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Lost, uh, lost Darcy Kemper. Uh, coming up against Calgary, which is going to be a little bit of a revenge game because Calgary has yes Weger, they have uh, Huberto, and they have Nazem Kadri. So uh, a little bit of a revenge game in Calgary. Uh, in, I think it's called the Emily Arena. Uh, I actually, no, 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 that's, uh, that's, Tampa. that's Tampa. You're thinking of Tampa, it might be, it might be, Scotia what is it, Saddle, Saddle Dame? Scotia Bay. Saddle yeah. Dome. No, it's a Saddle Dome. It's a Saddle Dome. You're right, it's a Saddle Dome. Um, yeah. And um, the coach of uh, Calgary, I forget his name, he is great. I remember his look. Uh, Sutter? Yes, Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter. Oh, I love that dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Colorado versus Calgary. Um, Nick, I will have you go first. Oh, um, all right. So yes, they've lost Kemper. Yes, they've lost Kadri. I think Colorado still has a majority of the the core in place. Um, I think they have the ability to retool if needed. And I think Sackick's just a, a phenomenal general manager, and uh, it's it's been long overdue to get that recognition. Um, that being said, Calgary, just looking at the roster just in general, who, Huberto, Kadri, you're going to have Milan Lucic, even though he's a little older, still gritty. You got Mangiapain. Uh, you, you're you're going to have Toffoli. You're going to have some scrappy lines. I think this is going to be a lot closer than what Colorado wants it to be. 
um, and it's going to hinge on goaltending. Um, that's what I'm concerned about because Cal Makar alone, I mean, I'm a little biased, but give him, give him the win. But uh, goaltending is definitely going to be the X factor here. I would say Colorado is probably going to win this one three to one. Uh, okay. Um, who went? Maybe Nate. Yeah, yeah. I can go next. So um, this is going to be my first upset. I'm, I'm going to pick Calgary because I think they have a lot to prove here. I mean, you got Kadri who left Colorado. He's playing against all his former teammates. You got Huberdo and Uyghur, who This is their first game back after getting traded. And I think Calgary, rather than going to full rebuild mode after losing Gaudreau and to Chalk, they just restocked and reloaded. And I think. Similar to what Vegas did when there was the expansion draft, they picked a bunch of, lack of a better term, throwaway players or players that um, their teams didn't want to keep them. And I think that that's going to be motivation for them to kick the abs butt <laughs> first game of the season. They're at home. The crowd's going to be rocking because of all these trades. One thing that I just looked up that I didn't even remember is Calgary finished first in their division last year. Um, even though they didn't make it to the cup or win it all, like mm-hmm. they were a great team during the regular season. They lost some pieces, but they have Markstrom and that was strong. Um, I'm going to say this is a close game. I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1 Calgary. Oh, oh, yep. Um, let me just say abs. And keeping the abs to one goal is going to be really tough. I, I realize that they got McCarr, they got Ranson and McKinnon, mm-hmm. those guys, but uh, I think Calgary's got something to prove, so I'm going to say 2 1 Calgary. All right. I am also mm-hmm. going to say. Calgary. Absolutely. I don't think this is actually going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. I think Colorado is coming off to winning the Cup, and it's going to be, you know, they're coming in, there's going to be a little bit of celebration week there. Uh, they, they're probably going to have the, the, the most distracted offseason of all time. Well, that's just minus, minus Calgary, actually. But, like I was saying, I have a lot of faith in Huberto. Uh, I have a lot of faith in, um, you know, that, that roster. And I have a lot of faith in Daryl Sutter. Added to that, one of the best series last year in the playoff was the Battle of Alberta last year. And every single at-home atmosphere was insane. So, I think those 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 Alberta um, fans are, are downright nasty, but and fun, fun, uh, a fun team to have around. I'm gonna give it to Calgary. I'm gonna say five three. I'm gonna say five three. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, and I will kick off the last one, which is our hometown team, the Detroit Red Wings, hosting the Montreal Canadiens on October 14th. Uh, it's the you know the retooled Red Wings uh, with a lot of you know. Actual, this is the first time I think the Red Wings have in, in a rebuild. We have our young players, but we also have some like solid free agents. Uh, we picked up um, David Perron, who is a St. Louis Blues veteran. We picked up Andrew Kahn. Uh, we picked up another guy. Uh, yeah, Ben Chariot, a giant defenseman. Uh, and then we're, we're going to potentially bring in Edmondson. Rousseau is the goaltending. Oh, yeah. Like Huso. Yeah. Huso. Well, I still think Nadelkovich will probably start that game because he's, you know. 1A, 1B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Nadelkovich was kind of. We have our concerns about Nadelkovich, but um, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, and, you know, I, I'm interested to see how the chemistry works with the Red Wings. Uh, Montreal, I mean, we, they picked, we were, Nate and I were talking before this. They picked up Monaghan. 
Uh, they pick up Kirby Doc. Um, they have some good team, and you know, they're even though they're, they're kind of in a rebuild, but uh, they were in the cup two years ago. So um, Montreal's good. But with that being said, that being said, actually, this is kind of tough because yes, I want to win this, and I want to get my my jersey. But also, I can't I can't not pick the wings. Uh, but I have a feeling that the, the Red Wings are going to have a high scoring game and then lose. It's kind of like what Nick did with this last year. Uh, but, but unlike Nate, I trust the team. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the team, and I'm going to go six four Red Wings in a uh, in a game that's going to be uh, it's going to be ugly to watch because uh, Nadelkovich is going to make some stupid stupid errors. Uh, but that's where we get to score the six to keep up. Nick, you want to go next? Here, next. Here, you want to go next? Uh, after you. After okay. you. Um, so, on the goaltending front for Detroit, I honestly think Huso Huso is going to be the starter um, from what I've read. In the first game? Yeah. So, apparently, he's supposed to be the 1A, and then Ned's supposed to back him up as the 1B. But um, okay. I don't think that they'll split it like Talbot and Fleury did in Minnesota last year. But it sounds like since we traded that third-round pick to get Huso, um, Actually, did we trade a third round pick to get Ned too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, we did, we did. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I think Hussle is going to be the the starter there. I was just looking at the Canadians roster, and it's just doesn't look that strong up front or on the back end. I mean, they got Jake Allen because uh, Price is uh, long term IR, I believe. Um, but I didn't really recognize too many of the. The back end names on they had Caulfield, Suzuki, who just got named captain up front. They got the number one pick, Slavkovsky, I believe yeah. is how you pronounce it. Oh, oh he's um, playing that game. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he'll be in there. Gallagher is getting older. Um, I think this is a game that Detroit just needs to win. I mean, it's at home. Um, you got a great new coach from Tampa and Milan. And I, I think it's going to be like a, a uh, big you know, turning point to, to start the season. Of, of what this rebuild means because we're, we should be come up, coming out flying with a young crew. Um, so I'm going to say Detroit, and I'm going to say 5-2. Uh, I, I think that we, we got to make a statement win here. All right. Next. Oof, hard to follow that. Hard to follow that. All right. So to your point, Montreal has made some acquisitions this year. I do acknowledge that. They also promoted a Suzuki to captain, which well-deserved. Um, Monahan's on board. Price is getting a little older, but I mean, as much as we talk about Huso and, and Ned, that's who they got to face against. It doesn't matter really the offensive capabilities of Montreal. It's can the Red Wings. Oh, Price is not playing. He's done. Oh, so then this this changes things for the Red Wings. If if they don't have to face Price, then I mean it's can they stop the Red Wings? Uh, I just think there's too much too much experience on the Red Wings right now with some of the additions they made. Nate, you mentioned Peron and Carno. You mentioned um, Chariot, um, and I mean they're already showing signs of promise with Bertuzzi and Larkin, and um, things starting to mesh with Raymond and Cider. I think this is going to be a, a a bigger win than what people realize. I want to say it's going to be four one Detroit. Um, I don't think Canadians will really get anything going um, just because they've got to mesh and Detroit has that chemistry already kind of built in with some slight, 
you know, pieces being added in, obviously, but it's more or less pieces that are enhancements to an already good core. Yeah, I think the only... I'm already picturing what's going to happen in this game. Like, we're going to be dominating the game. We're going to have more shots. We're going to be a dominant team. There's going to be two slip-ups in the blue line that's going to cause uh, two breakaway goals. I'm calling that right now. And then one, I, I, I still have a feeling, even though Huso is probably going to be on 1A, I still feel like just like because of the first game, it's going to be LGR, uh, or it's going to be LCA. LCA. Uh, Nadalkovic is just the hometown piece. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be the long-term term. I just feel like he's going to play, and I, I've, I've, I've been hurt by him before. So I'm going to feel it's, it's going to be interesting with how, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see how Eiserman and how, uh, Lalonde is going to handle the Nadalkovic, excuse me, and Huso situation. But I think that in the end, Huso is probably going to win out. I mean, I I mean, just, just the skills and, and what we're hearing alone, um, that doesn't say anything against Ned. It's just, that's, that's what this guy's capable of. Um, but, but I think it's, it's the blue line, you know, cider can only play so many minutes, you know, he can only, he can only patrol so much of the blue line. So he's going to need help. They shore up the blue line. And I think you're going to see something special. We, we got, I mean, I, I want to say like in the end, our defense is actually going to be a good, it's going to be a good defense this year. But you know, yeah. in the first game, it's just, it's just, I've been hurt by this team before in the first game. That's why I'm, I'm just going off some previous trauma. <laughs> when I think, I think. Other We're the city yeah. of rebuilds. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, city of rebuilds and, uh, you know, all going back, I'm going to run this off. Pistons are not in a potential rebuild, man. We are in the deep rebuild. The best rebuild of uh, uh, of the Detroit teams, I can say. Yeah. Detroit Pistons. If I had to rank, Old, okay. rebuilds, had to rank all the rebuilds in, uh, in Detroit, it would go Pistons 1 because they got two. Uh, you know, two lottery picks, and they, they got three uh, first round selections in one year. It, it, they're just really good. Uh, Redmond's two uh, because you know, you know, I feel like the, the pieces have been great. Like all the all the all all the things that Eisman have done have been great. It's just they have to show it now. And I think the Pistons players have showed it a little bit more than Redmond's song, except for Slider. Uh And then um, you know, because the Tigers are so bad. Like yes, the lines are good. I don't think I think they're still a little overhyped, and the Derek and the Hard Knocks thing was kind of uh, fed into that. Uh, but Lions three, and then the Tigers are just that's not even a rebuild. That's a re. Tigers, yeah, Tigers, yeah, Tigers are imploding. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I feel like Eisenman's really gotten the team on track um, with with not as strong of draft capital as the Pistons have. Well, that's the reason why I said yeah. Yes, Eisenman's smarter than I would say. Like the Pistons got lucky. And I feel like also the Red Wings have been playing better than the Pistons have. Where the Pistons didn't yeah. get many wins last year, whereas the Wings were just under 500. But that East is very competitive, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they started their rebuilds around the same time. I digress. I, Detroit is I, the city of rebuilds. Yes. I would, I would definitely upset the person in the Sanders jersey with my opinion, because I, I think Red Wings won... Lions too, with all the media attention and and all the hype they're getting and all the support they're they're receiving, and then Pistons three, and then Tigers are just non-existent. There's not a four spot. The Tigers are down like around like a hundred and one. It's just terrible. So uh, any, any of my Harvard uh, group chat listeners listening to this, uh, that is a that is a blasphemous statement that just been, was made by Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will DM me later. I will send you his Instagram. Handle and you can go uh, just uh, destroy his DMs. Uh, let's just uh, 
That is how we're gonna end our show. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go destroy Nick's Insta. Here we go. Here we go. The march to uh, march to destroy Nick's Insta. Uh, oh but no, this was a great, great episode. Uh, really excited for this uh, the season. Um, um, it's gonna be cool to see how things go. Uh, I think we're gonna have some pretty cool. Um, you know, we have our guru and analytics over here. He's gonna have some pretty cool uh, topics to talk to us about during the span of the season. Uh, we got Nick, who's gonna carry on the fan experience. Uh, you know, he's the only one actually living in Detroit. So um, at the moment, yes, at the moment. So, so. We, we get into uh, you know how that fan experience is going to be at, at uh, LCA. I'm sure uh, we'll try and get Nick into a bunch of games and just have him live stream it all. And by getting the <laughs> we mean that. No, buying a ticket. We support, we support our... Supporting um, paying for the tickets. So can... Yes, Please. yes. Don't smuggle me in. Don't smuggle me in with, like, the Zamboni equipment. No. We should try Steve Austin now. Absolutely. You guys saw wrestling back in the day, but there's a... I was at the old Joe Lewis. Steve Austin drove a Zamboni in to go beat up the Rock. Steve Austin drove a Zamboni in. No, it wasn't a Zamboni. Oh, yep, yep. Was it a Zamboni or the beer cart? He had the beer. No, it was like a oh, beer, beer cart. Beer truck. That makes more be- sense. I can't remember. No, I mean, that makes more sense, yes. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of memories with uh, sneaking people into Red Wings games. <laughs> Good times. Uh, but yeah, that's our show. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple um, Apple Music. I'm sure we'll be on a lot more places. We're actually, um, I'll give, we'll give a little shout out to the new technology we're using today. We're using Riverside.fm, which uh, if this sounds good, then uh, please use them. If they don't, then just um, never use this, never use them ever. <laughs> ignore, just ignore. Yeah. Ignore, ignore this, but um, this is, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, looking forward to the start of hockey season, October 11th. Book your, uh, book your calendars, first game of the season, and uh, that's that. Stamburgers, anything you guys want to add? Looking forward to my jersey once I win all these, these pick games. He wants his LeBron James jersey. Uh, <laughs> no, it's I want not. my ship. I want my jersey, damn it. <laughs> no, but, no, it's um, good. It's good. Yeah, Hockey's, it's been overdue. So. Yeah, it's been long overdue. It's it's time. We need the pucks dropped. Mm-hmm. Pucks dropped, yep. With that being said, that's our show. Uh, we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.